the CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour. I'm still your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, and today I'm joined by the famous slim basketball duo, Colton Davidson, yeah. still on Pacific like Time with me here, and Jane yeah. Smith, still on Oklahoma on Central Time. So, Yep, it's great. It's late. I'm tired. I'm sick. I'm ready to talk about basketball, boys. The NBA Finals are approaching this week. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. What, what day do they start, actually? Uh, Thursday. 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 Thursday evening. Yep. <laughs> All right. So you guys always started your podcast off with a trivia question, but I actually have one for each of you guys. Actually, I have two, but uh, we'll start with the first one here. So this NBA Finals will be the 35th straight NBA Finals that a teammate of Shaq has played in. Who played on the same team as Shaq at some point between the Raptors oh, and the Warriors? Shoot. I feel like I should know this, but I'm, like, this is going to kill me. It's probably someone really like obscure, isn't it? Let's think here. I don't know. They played some minutes. <sighs> they played some minutes. I mean, I wouldn't say... I mean, it's not Kawhi, you know, but or Steph, but they played some minutes. I got a couple guesses. Throw them out. Um, Sean Livingston? Nope. No. I know Sean Livingston hasn't. That That's was a good, good guess, though. though. Yeah, yeah. That is a good guess. He's been all over the place. Right. Um, it's not a good all. I'll tell you that right now, because that's the other I guy know. I would think of. That was the other one I was thinking of. Uh, what about, is it Gary Temple? Nope. Mm, I don't know. I'll give you a hint. He's much. I did not know he had been in the league this long, or that, or that he's <laughs> played on three separate NBA teams. I had no idea he had played on any other team um, oh, besides the one he came was, to before Toronto. Is it Danny Green? Yep. So he's on Toronto. Who did yeah. who? What team did he play with Shaq on? The Cavs. Danny Green played for the Cavs? I yeah. didn't know that. Got the photo here. Um, prove it. But I ha- honestly had no idea. So you've got... All right. Well, no one, none of the viewers, none of the listeners really know. But you've got uh, Shaq and Danny Green right there. So, huh. That's famous that's really, blue. That's a really good trivia question. Thank Looking you. Hot. Well, Thank and, you. Uh, good job, Calvin. I'm very thanks. proud of you. Thanks. Thank you so much. All right. Now, give us the other. So here's the other one. So Kobe Bryant hit less threes than this center. This in so in one I should rephrase this. In one season, this NBA player hit more threes than Kobe Bryant ever hit in one season. You called him a center. Yeah, Brooke Lopez. Yep. Brooke Lopez takes like fifty threes a game, and he makes like two of them. Brooke Big Lopez Brooke. has more has made more threes this season than Kobe Bryant ever made in one season. But also the fun stat here, I'm just going to continue on with, is Brooke Lopez has more blocks this season than Kevin Dur- Garnett ever had in one season. Big boy Brooke, I'm telling you. Well, Brooke my Lopez wife almost headed divorced for, uh, me the other night. My wife almost max. divorced me the other night because I was watching the Milwaukee game and I kept yelling big boy Brooke and she kept getting mad at me. <laughs> I don't necessarily... Big boy Brooke. Uh, he almost played for the Thunder. He was like a heartbeat away from being traded to the Thunder several seasons ago. <laughs> Gosh. The Thunder Fun would fact. have start out with Tyson Chandler and end with Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. I almost bought a Brooklyn, Brooke Lopez, and Joe Johnson jersey back a few years ago because I loved that team. And then they sucked. It made me sad. What, is Joe Johnson like discount Kobe? Is that, that a good way to phrase it? Joe Johnson, I'll say this. Joe Johnson had better handles than Kobe Bryant. Kobe being Bryant. Which is true. Which is true. If you go back and watch him, he has some sick handles. Well, I'm telling you, kids, go home, uh, tell your dad to turn off Game of Thrones, and turn on YouTube, and look up Joe Johnson handles, and you will be amazed. And then you'll probably like email me something about how you hate me and hate this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, I I don't I don't I don't remember Joe Johnson that much besides the fact that he had like a horrible contract. But then I've gone back through and looked at it, and like 
at the time he signed the contract, he was like an extremely good NBA player with a lot of upside. So it'd be like, it'd be like, um, it's not like a really good comparison, but the best example I can think of is someone saying, yeah, you know what? Clay Thompson, you know, like what I signed him for the max and all of a sudden Clay Thompson, like goes to a team where he's by himself and everything's on him. And he just, wasn't that guy you thought it would be yeah yeah that's, that's a that's great the, comparison that's the best comparison i have yeah i love joe johnson on the on the atlanta hawks but whenever atlanta started being poopy for a little bit there you could tell like he just wasn't he wasn't a guy you could lean everything on which kind of sucked but uh, yeah well anyways um we have to at some point talk about the oklahoma state thunder because that's um that's all of our favorite teams i believe still because that's where i'm from yeah Thanks, That's where man. we're all from. And I don't think Colton's transitioned to be a Blazers fan yet, right? Colton is a huge Portland fan. And I'm not. I, Sarah won't let me become a huge Blazers fan. She hates the Blazers. Oh, well, that's Sarah good. let you? Oh, my gosh. I hope Sarah can hear this. I'm she ashamed can. of you, Sarah. For any, for any listener who doesn't know Colton closely, that's his wife. But I'm just saying. And she's a huge Blazers fan. Huge. Mm-hmm. She, loves, she loves, loves, loves Evan Turner. With a pack. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually, and since I've moved to Oregon, I've met more Golden State fans than Blazers fans. Yeah. That's true. One nice. of the most annoying things was at your wedding, me asking every, I tried to find one Blazers fan, and every single person told me they were a Golden State fan, and annoyed me like crazy. Mm. Beautiful wedding, though. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I was really mad about one thing at the wedding, but everything else was cool. That's all I cared about. I was happy for my friend getting married, but man, I really wanted to find a Blazer fan so I could talk to him about it. Damn. So, I guess we can basically call this was a really disappointing Oklahoma City Thunder season. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. More uh, or less disappointing than last year. I, More. I would say less. I'm going to say less. Really? One, because I felt like for me, last year going into the season, we had a lot more expectation signing these two big names. And nothing last season went right, basically. Everything was just kind of trashing around us. This season, we pretty much knew we weren't going to have Robertson the whole season. We didn't have Carmelo. I felt I didn't have as big expectations this season, so I had a little bit more fun with it. And how good we were early on in the season and everything just made me super happy. So, yeah, it was really disappointing in the playoffs. But, I mean, are we really that surprised? I had fun this season. I'll say that. Last season, it was all really hard for me to find times where I was just enjoying the season. So for me, this season was – was I had more upside towards this season than I did last season, personally. So, so I guess that's a difference in, like, how I view the season. So I view, like, last season um, with Carmelo, like, I kind of view it as, like, how the season, like, progressively went along. And, yeah, there's a lot more hype with Car- Carmelo and Paul George, and that would be more. <laughs> but as the season, like, went on and the team never really looked, like, dominant, you know, never really looked like, oh, my gosh, they got this every game and then looked very inconsistent, then I thought, like, when we lost the Jazz, I wasn't that surprised. I was still very surprised we lost in the first round to a rookie, but I wasn't that surprised. Yeah. But then this season, like, we were dominant, and we ended the season on, like, a five-game win streak, and I kind of thought, okay, this whole, after the All-Star break, this whole slump's kind of over, and we, we're okay, we've got this, and then for us to lose the way we did in the first round to the Blazers, who everyone picked us to beat, like, that was, people were picking us to sweep them, that was, that yeah. was, that was a big letdown for me. Yeah, it was tough, but, like, once again, after like the All Star break this season, we were we were one of the worst teams in the league record wise. Right after right, the All Star yeah. break, and so go seeing that happen, it kind of made me remember we're like, oh yeah, this is the Thunder team that I'm used to. Where I was kind of like, I won't be surprised if we get beat out in the first round, but I'm at least happy we made the playoffs because there was a chance there where we were not going to make the playoffs, and I was just like okay with it. So once again, I just had more fun. I, this season reminded me more of our first season without Kevin Durant where there was no expectations. It was just us having fun with Russell and all those guys just kind of doing what they want. And that was one of the most fun Thunder seasons I remember having just because there was no high expectations. And then the season after that made me want to cry every game. So who knows? I feel, That's like, how I view this. I feel like this season was, was still more enjoyable than last season with, you know, cause 
you could see like flashes of it working and then it just would fall. It just fell apart. And it looked like they weren't having fun. And then this season, I feel like the first like three quarters of the season was just, it was like, you could tell they were having fun. Everything was really clicking. You could see what that team could be. And then Paul George just kind of fell off and, you know, he really just wasn't Paul George the last you know quarter of the season. And like the whole team really got exposed for, the lack of shooting and stuff, but like it just got really frustrating at the end because spent, even though like George wasn't shooting that great, I feel like their defense, like the defense we saw at the very beginning of the season really wasn't there at all the last like half of the season. They just started relying on Paul George going nuclear every game and they got lazy with it and they thought, oh, he'll get it going, he'll get it going and they never got it going. There wasn't, that was one thing that I was really disappointed in Billy Donovan is there wasn't a lot of movement in our offense. Our defense was obviously great. I think he's a great defensive coach and not saying Billy's a bad coach, but near the later part of the season, it was just kind of like give the ball to, to Russ or PG and just let them go to work. And that's one of the things that really annoyed me back in the old days of the thunder with, you know, Scotty Brooks and Durant. And so that's, that's where I really felt like we fell apart. We just, I felt like he didn't have enough faith in our role playing guys. And so it just reverted to him just being like, give the ball to PG and let him go to work. And you could obviously tell PG was kind of up and down through the season. Obviously, he was great MVP candidate, but um, there were some times where it was like, he can't do it all, you know? So I had it like when we played the 76ers and Paul George went nuclear and then like beat them with a butter, butter buzzer beater where I like had to call Colton and ask him what happened because I was at work. But I just... That was like the best game he had, and then after that, it just he had a couple games where he just went crazy. But that was like his best game to me, and I don't know if the team like relied upon him. But then he was injured in the end. It just seemed something seemed off besides the injury, if that makes sense. Like like they yeah. fell into like Scott like the Scotty Brooks kind of you know Billy Donovan offense of just like all right, we'll play ISO ball with the point guard and small forward because they're our best two players. I mean. How much of that is on Billy and how much of that is on Russ for not? I mean, I get, I, I know people have broken it down and they, and several guys that I've heard on podcasts and stuff have said, look, there, Russ deferred a lot more this season than he has probably since Kevin Durant left. And he deferred and he really let, helped let Paul George run the offense and stuff. But still, I, I wonder how much of that is the no movement is on Russ and how much of it is on Kevin. Yeah, I I don't know. One thing I did want to ask you guys, because you know, now being out in San Diego, I'm not in the Oklahoma City bubble. And Oklahoma City, like, Russ is the greatest player to ever live. You know, I mean, he's, like, the guy who resigned, the guy who stayed after Kevin Durant left. But also, like, he won MVP, and he's been so good to the state and everything like that. People do not feel the same way about him here. Um, they definitely dislike Russ. And what the point I'm building to is that now that the season's over and we did see Russ defer a little bit more, you know, than usual, but also kind of in the end, not playing incredibly well down the stretch. What, what are your guys' thoughts on Russ? Has it changed at all? Or do you think he's slowing down a little bit? You know, what do you guys think? I always, I obviously love Russell Westbrook and I think he's a great player. I don't, like he'll be one of my favorite players until I die. I don't think his style of game matches up with how the game is played nowadays very well. Um, I'm honestly at that point where I think that our management should consider trading him, go into not maybe not do it yet, but maybe go into some ideas of seeing what they could do with him. But there's a lot of teams that won't take him, be him and guys like Ben Simmons, who are not necessarily the best shooting guards, but they can do a lot of other things. If you don't shoot well in this league, you're kind of screwed in a lot of ways. And that's what I feel about the problem with Russ is because he's going to take 50 shots a game, but he's only going to make like five of them. So it's it's just hard. Like I don't want to lose Russell, but for the success of our team, you got to kind of consider your options with it a little bit. I, I think Russell has the tools to succeed as an NBA point guard still because I know like catch and shoot threes, I think if he's – if he basically, I think all of his bad shooting percentage comes down to his shot selection. And if he gets to where he'll stand and shoot a three pointer instead of dribbling into a 50 foot three pointer, 
then I think his shooting percentage would go way up and go from, you know, from whatever it was, like 29% this season he shot. I think this season after Kevin Durant left, he shot like 35 or 36%, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, but I think a lot of his issues are coming from he's like forcing it way too much. And he they, like, he needs to take a step back this this summer and just realize I can't be I can't be Kobe. I can't do I can't do this stuff and then like really dial it back and concede a little more to George and then play his style, which is driving to the rim and then catch and shoot open threes or picking or think, passing it out, you know, yeah. driving to the rim, looking for that open guy, which he's great at. Yeah. I saw a stat that um, everybody's like, yeah, get him, get him some more three point shooters. I still think that they need at least, you know, one bona fide, actually good three point shooter that's consistent. And maybe T Ferg is that going to be that guy this next season. He did take a really big leap this, this summer. Yeah. Um, I think Abrinas was supposed to be that, but Abrinas for whatever, like just dropped off the face of the earth. No one knows what he's doing now. He's streaming now, dude. Yeah. Get on Twitch. He's streaming some, <laughs> he's streaming like FIFA or something. He's great. I haven't he's, watched it, but I'm still sure he's in great Oklahoma City, from my understanding. Yeah, I think I saw that. Because he's a streamer, he can't afford to move. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I think um, if shoot, where was I trying to thought? Like, uh, if you take away all the three pointers that Russell Westbrook shot this season, the Thunder would have been twelfth in the league in three point percentage. So I have a, I have kind of a, my own little idea. This is probably not how it goes, but in my view of everything what it kind of seems like is the Thunder saw all the success with how great of a defensive player Andre Robertson was, and they were like, we just need to build a team like that. And so they've been – if you look at the past guys that we've drafted or picked up, a lot of those guys are defensive-minded dudes. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking that we're just going to surround this team with a great defensive team and win some championships. Where I'm just at that point where I'm just like, we just need to surround Russ with shooters. Like, honestly. I'm just going to be that guy and just say we need to start picking up some better shooters. Some of that ideology could have come from Sam Presti and the and the management looking at and saying, like, with and you know 20, 2017 and all you know and, and and leading up to it, like Golden State one has two of the best shooters who have ever played in the NBA on the same team. And then, you know, at the time, the Cavs had really, really good shooting surrounding LeBron. And you have all these teams in, the, in Houston and all these teams built around shooting. And they're like, we can't go out and get and hit on this many amount of shooters. So we have to go out and try to get a, a hit on guys that can play defense. And that's got to be our counter because we're never going to find, you know, three Hall of Famers. Right. A three point shoot. Maybe that was some of their idea. Their, their thinking is to go reverse what everybody else is. But I, you can make right. an argument it's backfired. But you got it. Yeah, you got to think that at this point they're just like this isn't working. Because way back in 2012, everyone called OKC a jump shooting team, and everyone was like they're not going to win a championship being a jump shooting team. So they completely changed everything. At least with that team, we made the finals and got out of the first round. Right now, yeah. us being a defensive-minded team, that's awesome. I love it. But whenever you don't have any essence of offense on your team at all, you're screwed. And we've seen that over and over, and it's getting kind of annoying to where it's just like, Sam, I love you, but you got to figure something out. Well, like, I think we, we have to have somebody at the power forward position who can hit a three. Because we're – we – okay. Jimmy let's, Grant let's, hit three. Jimmy let's, Grant shot the best from the three-point line. Three line he did the whole seat all year. But let's let's it's take. Like he's the only one. He's working his butt off because we don't have anybody we can put in for him. Because Patrick Patterson is not been proven to be that guy whatsoever. Um, okay. He had he, he had incredible three point shooting numbers. So did Carmelo Anthony before they both came to Oklahoma City. And Carmelo is a different story. But Patrick Patterson had incredible three point percentages before he came to Oklahoma City. Toronto is incredibly happy they don't have him anymore. I'm sure. What. What I think is the secret to the success is that let's say KD does leave this summer to another team. Then all of a sudden you don't have this Warriors juggernaut that's taking out every single team that plays them. And then you have a chance where we could go be close, you know, where if, okay, we have Terrence Ferguson and Paul George, you know, covering guys and Russ is able to switch on Curry and, and all of a sudden, Steven Adams nullifies Draymond Green as long as he doesn't get kicked in the Kiwis that often. And then you have, you know, you have like a you have like a better synergy of it because no one's beating the Warriors right now. You know, yeah, exactly. I think if that twenty, if the twenty sixteen teams right now played each other and Kevin Durant was just not in the game, 
So Kevin Durant didn't play for the Warriors, but the 2016 Warriors ran back the 2019 Thunder, we'll say. I think that you'd have a much better chance of the Thunder winning now because the, because Paul George is incredible, but also yeah. because Russell Westbrook's good and Terrence Ferguson could actually guard some guys and stay out there too. It just is... I feel as though we just need like a cup, like a three point shooter out of at the four spot, and then I don't know. And then, the, but but I will say this though: the Jazz series last year, and then the Blazers series this year, just makes me just rethink all of this because, yeah, because uh, I mean, Damon Lillard and CJ McCollum are nowhere near Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. We saw that, you know, when they played mm-hmm. each other, and it it's not like they have an all all world small forward like Kevin Durant on that. Blazers team, but we still couldn't beat them. So that's what yeah. that's what really worries me is that was PG's rotator cuff injury that bad, or do we need a couple more pieces instead of just kind of one, I one mean, thing? They were saying that before one of the games he couldn't like three days before the game he couldn't move his arm, he couldn't lift it. Remember that? Um, yeah. They had, like it was. But like, then he said he was totally fine after that. He said he felt like nothing was wrong at all. So who knows? It's weird. I'm going to make one bold statement before we stop talking about this. Um, I think if we have this exact same team next year, I think the biggest thing to help our team is for Steven Adams to really develop a solid mid-range jumper. I'm serious. I think that would open up the lane a lot. He can do that little floater thing, and he does it from pretty far out. If he would just turn that into a little bit farther out of a jump shot, that would be great for us. And I think that would kill. Maybe even go out and take some corner threes every so often. That would be a big, big jump for us because Steven Adams clogs the lane a lot, especially for guys like Russ and PG has been. He drove to the rim a lot this season. If he was just out of there a little bit, like you were saying, Calvin, with a a four guy who can shoot threes and have Steven Adams in that mid-range position, I think that would change our team a lot, especially since we're going to be playing a lot of iso ball. Yeah, we we also need some offense, and I want to see what what the lineup looks like with Robertson back. You know, mm-hmm. how does I think Robertson back actually makes us worse, to be honest, because he Ferguson has a better three point shot because, as you said, Shaden, everyone shoots three pointers now. So it's great to have Robertson to like have him, you know, D up and guard like CJ McCollum when he's going off for a game, maybe over Ferguson. But then you really miss that offensive production on the okay. other side. Tell me what you guys think about this lineup for next season. Uh Russ. Ferg, George, so those are your guards, and then your power forward, and then Jeremy, or that you have uh, Andre Robertson at the power forward, and then uh, Jeremy Grant at the center. That's a five-man lineup that like almost no one could score against if Russ locks in. I think that's awesome because Robertson played power forward in college too, so that's not like like everyone is like, yeah, he's a small four, like he's a shooting guard or whatever. Like he played power forward in college. Um, I mean, depending on lineup, he could switch George and Andre a lot. Yeah, if you need. Do, depending on the matchup yeah my biggest issue with that is a lot of times a season not jeremy grant had a career season like honestly i think he should have been in a talks for most improved player i thought he was that good this season um but there was a lot of times where they did do something like that and had him guard some of the bigger centers in the league and they're not saying he did bad all the time there was obviously some great times where he played great defense but there were some times where there were some bigger guys who just ate his lunch so there, that's a problem with me is there's going to be times where at that on that defensive end for that stuff we're going to get screwed over a little bit playing so small but if grant could bulk up a little bit he could be he could be scary he could be a really good player well i think that the tough thing for me is, is like the raptors rested Kawhi a lot this season he never played a back-to-back he didn't play i, I believe i'm right he didn't play two out of three straight games, you know, in like a, in like a four game or five game set or whatever. Um, so they rest him a lot. And I think Paul George is going to need to rest a lot this season too. There's because rotator cuff surgery is Paul George has another three years left on his deal. We don't want to mess around with that, you know, like rest him when you can. So I'd be all for well, that, what I think the tough part is, is like, I think the Thunder are really going to have to experiment with changing the lineups every night, you know, of okay maybe one night it's you know we'll roll out where russ doesn't start even though that'll go against like a lot of what russ's like theme as a person is you know and his motto but i would say russ doesn't need to play every single game he has a knee surgery every off season and that's not the greatest sign 
and you want to be playing his best basketball at the end of the year. And then the same thing for Paul George. Like, I wouldn't be against, I don't know, Patrick Patterson starting a game or two. Um, you know, especially if we're playing like the Magic or, you know, or something. Everyone in the West is so good, though. That's what really sucks. It's like the Raptors could afford to do that and have quiet out because the rest of the sporting cast is really good. But also like the Eastern Conference, like after the first five teams, there's not really a lot to talk about. But in the West, like, I mean, the Lakers didn't make the playoffs and they have LeBron, but like. I mean, the Kings didn't play that bad this year, and they missed it too. And the Clippers were the eighth Kings seed. Had a great yeah, and the Clippers were the eighth seed, and they might have been the best challenge to the Warriors in the Western Conference that we saw. So, sure. next to the Rockets, but you know what I mean. Like, I don't know how often we'll be able to afford to rest these guys because we'll need to make the playoffs, of course, um, for it to matter. But I think we got to mess around with changing the lineups. I like I like the lineup though, Colton. I mean, I like Jeremy Grant playing the center, especially against. Um, like, if we're playing, like, the Pistons, they have Miles Turner. Miles Turner's a big dude, but he's not that tall necessarily. So, I mean, I'd be all for that. Okay, I have, uh, I have one more I have one more Thunder question for you yeah. guys. And... I do, too. I'll let okay. you go first. Was Dennis Schroeder a disappointment this season? What do you think? For me, for me, he – so, he had basically as good a season as Carmelo did that season. I Obviously, I think Carmelo was more of a disappointment because everyone thought Carmelo was going to average, like, 30 points a game. Um, but I would say yes and no, because he's kind of weird because there were some games where like he won us the game. We mm-hmm. relied on him so heavily. And then there were games where he scored four points and just didn't really do much. Um, I liked having Dennis. I think he was really cool. Gave us a little bit of, even the games that he didn't score a lot and it seemed like he had a bad game. He was always kind of, a, a fire starter coming off the bench and did something that a lot of guys, him and Nerlens Noel, I know we're not talking about Nerlens, but Nerlens did a great job of getting our guys pumped up, even though a lot of times he didn't have a great game. And I felt like that was something that he did a lot for us, which really, really helped a lot. Something Carmelo didn't really do a whole lot of times, except for yelling the F word while he's grabbing rebounds, which would have pumped me up. I gotta be honest with you. Yeah. But that's not, so I, I would I liked him a lot. I would say he's not a disappointment, but I also wouldn't say he was this crazy success this season. So what would you say, Clement? So so for me, I would say he was he was definitely like I thought he was a big success like in the first like before January first. You know, like I was kind of worried about this whole like legal issue that he might have had, and why did Atlanta want to get rid of him so badly because. They basically took on, you know, let him go to clear some clap space early, not even really clear it, but just clear it earlier than they could have. Um, so I was kind of like, eh, it's kind of weird. Like, Schroeder's just like a starting caliber point guard in the East. It's kind of odd. But then after, like, the first year started and we started needing him to shoot three-pointers and we really needed him to, like, do some extra stuff, it, it, it became more of a disappointment on my mind. Like, we looked for him to be our sixth man instead of just a really quality backup point guard. And I just don't think the guy is that good on offense. I do, you know, I think he's a quality point guard and he would be like, I could see him replacing George Hill, you know, for, for stretches or whatever, or like him play, like replacing like Fred Van Fleet, maybe a little bit here and there, even though Van Fleet's got a better three point shot. But like, I don't see him, I mean, he's, he's a great, like, facilitator. He can bring the ball up well. He can, he knows what he's supposed to do, but we just can't look for him to be a six-man. And that was kind of what was disappointing to me, is that, to, like, when, when the year started, I was like, okay, maybe he could be that guy. He could be that, like, kind of what we really hoped Reggie Jackson could be and before Jackson held, held the head issues and he got egotistical and stuff. But now I'm like, ah, I don't – yeah Yeah. i'm disappointed now i gotta say i mean like yeah he was he was really and i hate saying this word about thunder because we say it so much but he was really inconsistent Mm -hmm. and that was just that was just something that kind of threw you off from him but once again i'm not gonna say he was a disappointment um but not a success either Uh, yeah i want to say that he did he had enough flashes where you can't really say no he was a terrible acquisition acquisition Mm-hmm. Or like he was, a, he was a terrible disappointment, but he didn't do enough where you can't say, yeah, you can't say, yeah, he was a good member of the team. Cause like, you know, there's definitely games where he saved us, but you know, he averaged 20 points a game at the, at the terrible, terrible Atlanta team, you know, two years ago. 
And he averaged, I think, four or five assists. And you're like, why can't you do that with Paul George and Russell Westbrook on your team and a Steven Adams? You know, you should be able to throw up an, like one or two oops a game to Adams, and you should be able to get a George open for a couple threes. I don't really see how a starting quality point guard couldn't take advantage of having two really good, like two guys that just you know thrive off of being set up like yeah. George and, and Adams. So I, I really came in to thinking like he's going to be, he has every, he has all the tools necessary to go for sixth man of the year. And he's not even close. I think Cantor was probably a better sixth man candidate than, than, than Schroeder was. I think that there's a chance that I bet that maybe Schroeder turns it around is that X factor of why the Thunder have a chance for next season. Having I will say I did see something. Um, that compared how many minutes he played in Atlanta and how many minutes he played in Oklahoma City. And they were saying if he played, if he was scoring the way he did in Oklahoma City and gave him the minutes that he played in Atlanta, he would be averaging a lot more points and assists than he did in huh. Atlanta. So he actually, if you look at it that way, he actually did play a little bit better with us. But that's also, you know, that's not a great comparison just because playing more minutes is a lot more toll on the body and you never know what's going to happen. But if you look at it that way, he, he had a successful season. He did good. Well, so. and like I view him as like his stock went through the roof because it was like him and Jeff Teague when Mike Budenholzer was the head coach of the Hawks and they were the number one seed. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, like, you know, they're like the Hawks need to make a decision on one of those two guys because you don't really need two starting point guards. And they neither of them were all star caliber, but they both were pretty good. And then all of a sudden it was like, all right, let's trade Jeff Teague. We feel like. Schroeder might be the real deal and then didn't do that good. And then Boonholzer left, you know, or he got fired or something. So, and like that I team, like, they I go back and look at it. Ways, I think, huh? I think they mutually agreed to part ways. Mutually I think agreed. it was like, I, I think that's what it was. Yeah. It makes, okay. Makes more sense. I mean, that's Boonholzer's coaching coach. hell being huh? with a team like that. That's just being in coaching hell, being a team like that, especially a coach as high caliber as uh, Mike Boonholzer is. Like, having to coach a team like that, you're just like, oh, gosh. I think if he's the coach right now of the Hawks with Trey Young and, you know, I mean, an eighth and a Yeah, but that's pick. also like, oh, we got a bright future. I got, if they stick with me, we got some players that we can get pretty good. If you're on the other team, you're like, we ain't going nowhere. Right, right. Well, because he so, got him to the number one overall seed, but then they had to play, the I think, the Miami Heat LeBron or the Cavs LeBron. So that was the, was the Cavs. It was the, the second, second it was Cavs, Cavs LeBron without without love. I think Kyrie went down in that series too. That is what happened. Good memory, Colton. Nice Man. job. Man, did, did, did Kyrie go down in that series, or did he go down the first game game one against the Warriors? Uh, no, it, it, they they didn't have him at all against the Warriors that season. So yeah. it was had to good nice. memory. Um, I don't know. I feel like I don't know if I'd rather have Jeff Jeff Teague. Teague. I want to say green, but I just know that's wrong. Jeff Teague or uh, Dennis Schroeder, but I think I'd still rather have Schroeder. Schroeder right now. Yeah, Jeff Teague, I don't hear much about it anymore. So he had a few really good games with Minnesota this season, but other than that, it's just like whatever, whatever. All yeah. right, Calvin, let's get to a non-thunder question before we have to end this. Okay. Well, um, let's see here. I typed up this nice outline and everything. Where I actually had real questions to ask you guys. Instead of just chatting for a minute. Um, we always talk way too much about the Thunder. Constantly. Yeah, but like the Thunder's our favorite teams. So Is it though? I'm thinking I'm a Blazers fan now. Oh, God. Get Why out of here. <laughs> Podcast over. Um, Well, I mean, I did have the question about like Thunder offseason moves, though. That's my last Thunder question for you guys. What is there anything you look for us to do in the offseason? Anything you think we would do? Because our roster, we're already over the cap. Hardcore, in fact. Um, I would think that they're going to try to do something to offload some cap, some some stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised if both t- uh, if both Schroeder and Adams are on the team just to at, after the All Star after the de- trade deadline of next year. Do you guys think they will finally just give up on Robertson, or do you think they'll wait for him to come back and see what happens? I mean, they're they're going to wait. They'll wait. He's only signed for ten mil a year. Like okay. in comparison, in comparison, it's not. And then, I mean, if they cut him, they just lose out on that anyway. So I think they'll, I think they'll wait. Okay. Just they gave, they, they gave freaking uh, Abrinas of almost a full season of him. Just like not showing up before they cut him. So, so. I heard several rumors a, on that. It streamer. 
What'd you say? I heard several rumors on that. This is the last Thunder thing, and I'll ask you guys the LeBron question I typed out. Um, I heard several rumors on that. One was th- deep in NBA Reddit um, for the Thunder, and that was basically that like a relative of Abrinus, I think it's like uncle or his dad or somebody, grandpa or whatever, because Abrinus is our age, um, that said that Abrinus basically got extremely sick at some point during the season, lost like 20 to 30 pounds, then was coming back because at one point he was like on the road back. If you guys remember, yeah. And and then he got sick again, and his wife got sick as well, the same kind of illness. And then Abrinus lost enough body mass where he wasn't gonna be able to play the rest of the season. So then the Thunder agreed to basically cut him off of him basically asking for it, and then he paid back most of his contract to them okay. that they owed him out of sheer just like hey i feel bad you know like you guys took care of me so yeah but that's all like really deep in nba thunder reddit you know and stuff so i there's a lot of stuff where i'm like ah you know i mean how sick can you really get where it's you know and it would it that's the only plausible thing i think of that would be like why the thunder didn't really give us that much more information because there's not a lot more to it than the guy got really sick and couldn't play you know um yeah. but anyways um so here's the interesting Here's the LeBron question I have hey, for you. Real quick before you ask yeah. this LeBron question. How better or worse is this team? Uh, 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 the same team that the Thunder has, except no Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. How much better or worse? How much better or worse compared to the team we had this year? They're probably better. Three wins better. 30 wins? Three. Three. Oh, I was going to say, Trace. dang, boy. Three. Let's go get Anthony Davis. I just don't right. – if the Pelicans straight up offer, say – because they let's say, say they're like, you know what, screw it. We want to get – we want Zion to play with the superstar point guard, and they straight up offer Anthony Davis for Russ right here, right now. One year AD, and then they, we give away Russ. What do you do? I'd take Ooh. it. I'll be, I'll be real with you. I'll take it. I'm serious. Thinking you could re-sign AD? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I can get enough people to grow unibrows for him. So Shooter I'm, I'm used down. to play point guard starting, so I feel like we'd be able to make up the spot. I'm with you. I would I would do in a heartbeat. I I would I think that could be lethal. Anyways, um so here's a LeBron question. Unless Colton you had a different pick on the the A D no, no, Russ. No? I, okay. I think you have to do it, but go go on. All right. So LeBron at least is like the guy like I've like watched like he entered the league when I was in you know in 03 when I was in third grade um he's the guy who like at the end of the at the end of the day I'm annoyed he went to Miami I'm annoyed he left Cleveland again but I still think I think the NBA is a lot more fun when LeBron's in the like in the playoffs and he's contending so who of these NBA free agents in this offseason or NBA guys that are even restricted free agents would you like to see go play with LeBron off of the sheer, like, fun factor? Not off the fit, off of the sheer, just I think that'd be crazy fun. And so it's basically all the free agents that we have possible right now, but the main ones I'd lead with is Kawhi and KD um, and then Jimmy Butler. And then, I mean, Jimmy Butler's not necessarily in that category, but it still is... Kawhi, Jimmy, Butler, Tobias Harris, Kemba, Kyrie, and KD. Of those guys, who do you think is the most fun to see LeBron play with? Like the most fun storylines or just the most fun overall? Personally, I mean, I got to go with Kevin Durant. They're the two best players in the world. And I think if Kevin Durant goes that team, LeBron leads the league in assists. I think he is going to do everything he can to get Durant the ball. And they're going to play really well off of each other. And I think that would be a lot of fun to play with. Any of those guys would be a lot of fun to see play with LeBron. But I, I got to go with Durant. Um, I think for the most storylines, it would be fun. It would be hilarious if Kyrie Irving went back to play with LeBron and the, the Lakers. I also want to see Jimmy Butler try to try to tell LeBron that he's the best player on the team. Like Jimmy Butler's like, I'm gonna beat you with the practice squad, and then LeBron just slaughters him. <laughs> but it's Jimmy. But then Jimmy Butler still is like. He's that intramural guy that just always makes excuses like, yeah, I left my, my good shoes at home or <laughs> my finger's kind of hurting so I couldn't shoot right. So, like, Jimmy Butler always deep down knows that he's the best player on the team. That would be really fun. 
a, a uh, playoff passionate Jimmy Butler and a LeBron James would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be a Actually, lot of fun to see. I think I I think um, a Kemba Walker going to the Lakers would actually be a really smart move on anybody's part. I think I wish I want to see Kemba Walker get to play with like a good team. I want to see Charlotte not re-sign him. To be honest, I don't want Charlotte because be because of basically one big deal is because if they do that, they are paying him like two hundred fifty million dollars over the next four or five years. I think it's five, yeah. and it's just. I mean, the guy is not Kyrie Irving. The guy is not LeBron James. He's not single-handedly taking a team of whoever else is with me where I'm dragging him to the finals or to the, even the playoffs. So that's my – I mean, it's because I don't want Charlotte to sign the dude for a massive contract and yeah. Yeah, be locked into that. I think the most fun storyline would be Kawhi because Kawhi basically got traded to the Eastern Conference this year. And in one year with some new balances, he took down the whole Eastern Conference. Um, didn't even have Nikes on. So I would love to see like Kawhi just walk into the arena and not say too much when LeBron has all of this media frenzy around him. He has clutch sports, he's doing Space Jam 2, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And you just have this other guy who just like you know, literally is just there, he goes, Yep, nope, we played a good game. How do you think we we're gonna play against the Bucks? Oh, we haven't played him yet. We'll see. You know, to answer everything so straightforward. I think the personality, like, kind of like the Jimmy Butler, but in the opposite direction of, like, instead you just have one guy who's just, <laughs> yep, here to score buckets. That's it. That, you know. That tweet I saw by somebody, I don't think, I think it was Rob Perez or somebody was like, I like to think that while Toronto is, like, celebrating in the streets, Kawhi just went home, put on some sweats, <laughs> and unpaused the episode of That's So Or Everybody Loves Raymond episode and <laughs> just kept <laughs> I see so many of those of like I like to think Kawhi's family just doesn't know what he do, do does for a living. He just leaves the house, comes back later, in different <laughs> you know, takes off his sweats, sits down at the table, and they all they all go back to just staring at their phones and not talking. <laughs> Although They're did like, you guys Kawhi, you played basketball? Wait, Kawhi, Kawhi, where'd you go? Well, after San Diego State, you know, I went to go play professionally. Oh, play professionally where? Oh, in Toronto. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, how's it going? Oh, I'm uh, good. Oh, All right. Can you pass the butter? Oh, yeah, sure. Here you go. Um, got any wheat thins? <laughs> got any wheat thins? How do you like your steak? Uh, medium rare. <laughs> um, I did see the one thing about... Oh, would you guys see... Did you guys see Kawhi Leonard's sister go on Instagram live? Yeah, and then somebody in the background, and then she took down the video. But somebody in the background said they know darn well he's not going there, he's not staying there or something, or coming yeah. back. Yeah, he's not gonna be there next year. Gosh, yeah. I, I mean, know. do we really? I I said this from the beginning of the season. I told Colton this. I don't think he's staying unless they win the championship. Like, even though they made it to the finals, if they don't win the championship, I think it's a strong chance he leaves. I mean, if if they when they don't win the championship because Golden State's gonna have Kevin Durant back, you know, like at least midway through the series, and he's just gonna destroy because, and they're and Golden State's playing so freaking well even without him. Um, like the honestly, like yeah, they can have a chance. They have a like they you know you can pitch to him like oh yeah we made the Western or the East we made the finals, but then Gasol's a year older. Um, Larry's a year older, but the upside is, is you know, uh, Pascal Siakam's a year older. He's a year better, so yeah. it's it's a hard pitch. It's it's hard. It's a. I think if they win the championship, Kawhi's gonna be like, "Yes, we won." And he's gonna be like, "Crap, I have to stay in Toronto for another season." <laughs> I mean, I feel like if the Raptors win, then Drake's gonna be come out with a whole album featuring Kawhi to try to get him to stay, oh, yeah. and that's for the sure. whole thing. I mean, I just, I I, I have. I thought for a while it was an incredibly good trade for Toronto because mm-hmm. they needed to do something besides just running back to Rosen every year. And I wish they had been able almost to trade instead for Kyrie and DeRozan instead because I think Kyrie's I just, you know, I think Kyrie, Kyrie's such an upgrade over Ky, over Kyle Lowry. But that's another point for another day. Um, I just... I feel like Kawhi is going to lose and they're not going to have Kevin and it's going to be the best situation possible for the Raptors to beat the Warriors. I mean, they're not going to have Kevin Durant in game one, no matter what, maybe game two as well. We're not really sure. 
I guess mm-hmm. one of DeMarcus Cousins, it looks like, for the first game. So, that's, that's my opinion, at least. I mean, I just, everyone said that about to Portland, too. And then Golden State just railed Portland in every way possible. So, you never know how it's going to go. Well, that's what, kind of what I'm saying, though, is that, like, this is, like, like let's say Toronto wins two games, right? But then Golden State wins, you know. So, Golden State takes one at Toronto, but the ones, the other ones, and Kevin Durant only plays in three or four of those games. Like, if I'm Kawhi, I'm kind of going like, all right, this was like our shot, and they didn't even have their best guy on the floor for some of the games, and we still didn't win. Like, and like Colton said, like, I, I think Kyle Lowry is just a year older, and I am maybe the worst Kyle Lowry fan or the least Kyle Lowry fan in the entire world. I just am not. He has a huge butt, though. True. He does. Colton was texting me about that and sent me pictures. <laughs> he sent pictures of Kyle Lowry's butt the other day, which is great. I really appreciate that. It really made my day. I was good. laughing because Zach Lowe wouldn't shut up about it the other day, and it was it was hilarious. But He's yeah. like, Kyle Lowry's ass has come up way too much on this podcast. <laughs> and then he proceeded to talk about how big it is. <laughs> I think Kyle Lowry is a very overrated player. I will say this, though, which is super random. You were talking about Kyrie Irving. I don't think Kyrie Irving can be the best player on a championship team. I just don't. I think he's a great player. I think he's a probably a Hall of Fame player, but I just don't think it can happen. So do you guys listen to like the Bill Simmons or like the Ringer podcast still? Uh, I no, not the Ringer. So so one thing they have just kind of as a storyline is like, who is this player in an in an NBA Finals game? So like, you know so. Is this guy the best player on our team in the NBA Finals, or is he a six-man? Is he a role player? Is he a starter, etc.? And Shane, I'm with you on that one. I think he's like the second best player. I think he's, you know, like kind of like is, he was in 2016. He was like, is, you know, is yeah, is Anthony Davis the best player on that team? If they, if he go if is Anthony Davis the number one player on a team with Kyrie? Yes. He yeah, is. I, I, I still don't think so. that team wins at all because they're going to have to phase off either against KD or, or LeBron or Steph. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. don't, I mean, Steph and Clay, honestly. Like, that duo is insane. Kyrie has not proven to me that he can be a leader, and neither has Anthony Davis. And I really thought that he would in Boston, and it just it never came. They were a better team when he didn't play, which is really sad to say. But that's just that's how it, that's how it is. Like you can't do anything about it, and so I lay. I love Kyrie. I think he's one of the most clutch players in the world right now, but I don't think he's a great team leader, and and that I'll I will view that until he proves me otherwise. I'm totally with you. I mean, I think he's a one B, and someone else is one A. If Kyrie and Kawhi were on the same team, I you know, I think they could win it all, but. I, Boy, I just, that would be a fun team. Both on the Brooklyn watch, watch Nets. Them, watch them both go to the Clippers. <sighs> That'd be interesting. That'd be the, a good team. That's that's a future podcast for sure. Of, uh, mm-hmm. Faux show. Faux show. Um, so last question. We already know Colton's answer, but what's your favorite NBA movie of all or Not NBA, but for your favorite basketball movie of all time, Shaden. So Colton stole my answer. I love oh. Coach Carter. I've seen a lot of basketball movies. I love Hoosiers. I love Coach Carter. Um, Space Jam's a classic. Um, but yeah, I gotta say Coach Carter. That's the movie I like. I remember watching that movie as a kid and thinking, like, I can't wait to be Samuel L. Jackson one day. <laughs> Mine is uh, mine's like Mike because um, it's literally the Raptors we're seeing playing out this year. So. That's true. White That's kid who's cool. now head coach and uh, Mike or um, yeah, Mike or so is now Kawhi with the dreadlocks and all or cornrows and all. Sorry. So cornrows and all. Fun fact about the movie like Mike. I didn't know basketball very well when I was a kid, but my dad told me Jason Kidd's in that movie for like a second. And my dad told me like, hey, that's Jason Kidd. He's a great NBA player because he was a big Jason Kidd fan for some reason. And so I would tell every time like I was trying to like show off, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a big basketball fan. I know Jason Kidd. Like I'd be like, Jason Kidd's the greatest. That's all I would talk about. So I ended up becoming a big Jason Kidd fan as a kid because of the movie Like Mike because I wanted to sound cool to a bunch of freaking little children. Man, when they won the NBA title in 2011, you must have been ecstatic. 
Yeah, I 30s. actually was, but not because of Jason Kidd, because I loved Dallas was the only team I liked before OKC came in 2008. So I was really excited for Dallas, but I didn't care about Jason Kidd. By the way, if you guys haven't read that book, I think it's the soul of basketball all about that 2011 season. It talks all about the Dallas Mavericks winning that championship. Super good book. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. I need to read it. It's really so badly. good. I've actually been reading the book um, Sprawl Ball. Um, oh, I want to read that. By Kirk Goldsberry. And um, it's got illustrations and photos in it. So that's why I keep reading it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I actually can read. That's, but, that, that's the guy that wants to widen the lane and and put, move the three-point line back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he thinks it. He thinks it'd be better for the NBA. It's really interesting just because it does talk about a lot of the stuff that like I don't think of when I watch NBA games. You know, like yeah, you know, I mean, I see somebody, you know, I see James Harden get open on an ISO and then drive to the basket, and I don't really see that much else behind it. But it's another way to like, oh, that's kind of how he got open, or this screen here, and then this back cut, or you know, it's like a better like gives me like a broader perspective of. What, what, like what's going on behind the scenes of, oh, you know what? I would not be a great NBA coach today because I would not know <laughs> what to do. <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. as simple as just being like, oh, let's throw out this lineup and good luck. You know, and there's like a lot yeah. more to it. Um, so that's really like it. I wish the uh, podcast was sponsored by Kirk Goldsbury, but uh, it is not. So feel free to go check out the book, Sprawl Anyways, Shame. either way. Well, right. I think it wraps that up. Um, you guys want to shout out anything before we end out the podcast here? Uh, I'm doing nothing with my life right now, but thanks for having me. <laughs> I fly a lot. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to pilots all around. The world. Shout out to pilots and Colton. <laughs> um, and shout out to Shaden and physical therapy. Yeah. Kinda. Kinda. I'm I'm finishing with like three degrees, so you can do whatever you want. Shout out to three degrees. You know what? It's Shout a great, out to a dumb great decision, kid. Uh, Find out what you're doing at a young age and just do it. <laughs> shout out to graduating from college in six years with three degrees. That's that's <laughs> what the shout out is. Yeah, Been there, done that. It's not a lot of. It's not the most fun ever, shape, but it's alright. Whatever. It, it'll be good. Anyways, thanks so much for joining, guys, and uh, feel free to check out the CGA Tour on Instagram or Twitter at the CGA Tour for more information and updates on the podcast, and uh, please share the podcast wherever you can, and any comments you have below as well. Thank you so much.